0: You're listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. We began our first uh, new message series for 2022 last week called The Core of Who We Are. And this is going to be a five-week look at really our values as a church. Uh, Vineyard Church of Augusta, who are you? And why do you give your time and energy uh, to the things that that we do, that we prioritize? And so we're looking at those things over the course of this month because as we understand who we are, whether this is individually uh, or as corporately as a church, we have a better understanding and a, a better connection with why we do the things that we do. And last week we focused on uh, being people of the kingdom of God who partner with the Holy Spirit. And if you weren't with us last Sunday, I would strongly encourage you, take some time this week to listen to that message and particularly how the Holy Spirit guided Jesus into the wilderness where he was tempted, but how the Holy Spirit also helped Jesus navigate uh, that time, uh, an important teaching there. So today we're gonna look at another essential priority for us as a church, as a vineyard church, and it's that of worship. We are a people of the kingdom of God who experience and worship God. That's a high, high value for us. As people of the kingdom, we recognize that we have a king, that we have a king, our king of kings and lord of lords who is worthy of all of the worship of our lives. And, and to break it down, uh, you've heard me mention this before, but I'll do it again because it's important for us to realize that this whole notion of, of worship, our English word for worship, comes from the old English word, worth That thing that we ascribe worth to. Uh, if something is worth my time, if it's worth my energy, if it's worth my resources, uh, that is what I worship. Uh, John Wimber, the, the late founder of The Vineyard, used to say, if you're wondering who or what you worship, he said, hey, he very practically said, just take a look at your checkbook, take a look at your schedule. What are you giving your time to? What are you giving your resources to? That'll tell you right there what you worship. And and it's it's important for us to also regularly monitor and take note, I would add, what's going on in our imagination? What are we giving our imagination and our thought life to? Uh, Those are the things that, that we're worshiping. We may not use that word, worship, but that's actually what we're worshiping. So we're talking about being people of the kingdom, and I want to remind you that the kingdom of God, it's not like a, a, a geopolitical uh, physical place, but it is uh, it's a realm.' It's, it, the kingdom of God is not even uh, the people of God or the the church, although the church we are supposed to be, and we are the primary instrument of God's kingdom, but, but what is the kingdom of God? It, it's a dynamic realm. It is where God's active rule and reign uh, reign is being experienced. It's it's something that's ongoing. It is something that we can't experience. And that's why we're talking today about being a people of the kingdom who experience God. And we also worship him. And those things go, they're, they're interchanged. And when it comes to worship, we always need to remember that worship is not an empty ritual. But worship is a relationship that God wants each and every one of us and each and every person that is, has ever lived or ever will live to personally experience, to know. The apostle Paul, he knew a lot about religious ritual, particularly before he encountered Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road. He, he, he bragged about being a, a Jew of Jews who kept the letter of the Jewish law. Uh, he was quite proud of that. But he was also someone who was who was vehemently engaged in, in, in going against the church. And he had that amazing encounter with Jesus that turned his world upside down and turned his life around. Uh, and, and he was focused before Jesus on all the do's and the don'ts of, of the Jewish law. But after meeting Jesus, he had this to say about the difference in, in just being a law follower and being in relationship and experiencing the kingdom of God. He said this in Romans 14, seven. He said, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, keeping the, the food laws and the dietary laws. Instead, it is, an ex- it is of righteousness, of God coming in in setting things right according to His good plans, His loving plans, uh, it is an experience of peace and joy, all in the Holy Spirit. This is what God is inviting us to uh, to experience Him, and in our worship. And it's always great how God just brings Scripture alive in our day to day lives. This morning, my amazing wife got up and made us breakfast. And I enjoyed that delicious homemade breakfast. And right after I finished that delicious breakfast, I saw some candy that one of our daughters had left on the island. It was a Werther's coffee thing. Now I've had Werther's caramels and I love those. Has anybody ever had a, a Werther's coffee thing before? I hadn't had one. Uh, and I, so I'm, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm eating candy. And she's like, there should be a law against eating candy before 8 a.m. And I said, it's funny you should mention that I am preaching on that today, that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. And she says, I said, can I share that with a congregation today? She's like, sure. She goes, because I trust that they will be discerning. Yes. So... We are called to experience these these qualities of God that, that we get to when we say, come, Holy Spirit, come, bring your kingdom. It is an experience of God setting things right. We pray, Lord, bring your kingdom. And we were praying for physical healing. We're praying, Lord, bring your kingdom, set things right, set things right in in my bum knee, uh, in someone's lungs that are congested, uh, in someone who's just gotten a cancer diagnosis. Whatever the situation is, we're saying, Lord, bring your kingdom, come Holy Spirit, and set things right in in my life. Whether it be our physical bodies, our relationships, our emotions, our finances, we're inviting the manifest presence of God to come uh, and we get to experience him. This morning, we're gonna focus on another passage that Paul wrote from the book of Romans. Uh, and it's one that teaches us that our worship actually welcomes God's active rule. And the result of that is his ongoing work of transformation in each of our lives. And so we're gonna be looking to Romans chapter 12. It's one of my favorite passages on worship in scripture. Uh, We'll be looking to that this morning. It's a a foundational one uh, for us in the vineyard and our priority of worship. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, feel free to turn there. But let me pray before we, we dive into scripture this morning. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, without your presence, where would we be? We would be lost We would be hurting and broken and we would be desolate. But we thank you that our hope is in you. We thank you for your manifest presence. We welcome, we've welcomed you with our worship this morning, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to just come and we open our hearts to you, our minds, our bodies, Lord, all to you. And we invite you to come. As we sang this morning, come like the wind, be Lord of our hearts, God, be Lord of our whole lives. Bring your kingdom to Vineyard Church of Augusta to each one of us, to the the city of Augusta, to the CSRA, to our country, to our world. We welcome you, and we we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're reading from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And these are the words of Paul written to the, the, the early church in Rome. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, if you're familiar with the book of Romans, which I hope that if you're not, that you will familiarize yourself with this incredible, rich, rich, theological letter, just so full of richness and, and tremendous scriptural meat, if you will. Uh, it, chapter 12 is a turning point. The first 11 chapters of Romans, we see Paul writing about all that God has done for us, how he has expressed his love, his mercy, his grace uh, toward a sinful, broken world. And then at chapter 12, it's like a hinge occurs. Paul tells us and he invites us, uh, he said, brothers and sisters, I urge you in view of God's mercy, in view of everything that I have laid out for you over the last 11 chapters, to be mindful of that. All that God has done for us, the indicative of what he has done, he has originated, he has initiated this worship relationship with us. And now from chapter 12 on, it's about how will we respond? And 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 Paul gives us uh, the basis of what uh, what our response should be—that we should offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our true and our proper worship. Again, God originates this worship relationship, and, and in its simplest form, it's very simplest form. It's this worship uh, is this. God offers us His love. He has done that to a broken world through Jesus Christ, uh, his life, his death, his resurrection, through the Holy Spirit. We then have the the option of receiving God's love. That's a critical point that each one of us have to make a personal decision about. Will we receive the love that God has so richly and graciously offered to us? We receive God's love. It doesn't stop there then we express the love that we have received from God back to him with our worship, as our worship. And that is what God is calling us to do in a, in a worshiping life. As I mentioned, this worship is not a religious Ritual, an empty religious ritual. It is to be not just something that happens on a Sunday morning where we come together and we sing songs to God for a few minutes. No, it's not that. That's an important part. It's a part that I value, that we need, that I love. But that is not all that we're talking about. It is a comprehensive 24 7, 365 lifestyle, whether we are at church, whether we are at work, whether we are at play. All of our lives as people of God's kingdom, all of our lives, every part of it, can show that God is my king. By the way that we speak, the way that we think, the way that we live our lives, it can show that God is my king, that yes, I am a subject of the kingdom of God, I'm a servant of the kingdom of God, and I am a child of the king. God is my father, and that is who we are, and we, out of that identity, live the lives of worshipers. Now, the primary place where the worship relationship is nurtured um, is is in both private expressions of worship and in our corporate collective expressions of worship, just like we had uh, this morning. The psalmist tells us that God is enthroned on the praises of his people. So our worship, uh, whether it be in song from our hearts, it welcomes the manifest presence of god that tangible sense of god's presence so whatever the situation or circumstance we find ourselves but just as powerfully as a song that we sing to god is a life of obedience that we live out on tuesday and thursday on Saturday, maybe when we're not surrounded by brothers and sisters who are like-minded and who are seeking the same uh, ways of God and the, the same patterns of the kingdom of God, it is just as important then. It's, it's about us worshiping together. The power of that is we come together collectively. I love hearing your voices. You know, we, we never shut down from a standpoint of, of having services here, uh, even throughout all of COVID. But what we did do is we didn't meet in, in together. We would have a, a small group come and lead worship. And uh, there were many, many Sundays that you weren't here that we had a, a worship team, and they did a great job in leading us in worship. Then we had a message, and you know we were looking at a camera. And I'm thankful that we had the technology to do that, but I gotta tell you, that first Sunday... When we all came back and I heard your voices, it was that was a difference. There was a huge difference that and, and and I will never ever take that for granted again. I will never take that for granted again. And I hope that you won't either. That's why it's so important for us. And I know that I stand here today and I have no idea of what our Christian brothers and sisters who are living in, 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 in re- under regimes that do not allow for gathering of worship. I can't imagine, and I don't even pretend to, to have any correlation to what they're experiencing. But guys, we just don't recognize the power uh, of coming together uh, and singing songs of love to God together. Uh, don't dismiss it, don't discount it. Scripture is really clear about the importance of us coming together uh, to experience God's presence uh, together in worship. As we worship, we become more and more sensitive to the the work of the Holy Spirit, recognizing the the tangible, palpable, palpable sense of God's presence with us. And, and, and that it's not just an internal thing, it is an internal thing, it's a heart change, but it also helps us to recognize the work of the Holy Spirit around us. Just like last week we talked about how Jesus was able to discern and recognize uh, the same Holy Spirit who guided Jesus when he was in the wilderness is available to you and me to lead us, to guide us, to make us more and more like Jesus. And it's about this kind of mindset and this kind of posture in every area of our lives. Uh, we, we like to divide things up in our world, don't we? The secular, the sacred, and, and a lifestyle of worship gets rid of all of that, all of those divisions so that we can live the entirety of our lives as an act of worship to God. So, As a teacher, you can show up to class with some some probably not most well, maybe a few unwell-behaved kids that uh, are are giving you stress and you can do it as an act of worship to God. You can show up uh, at college and and, and you can look and you can say, God, what are you doing here today? How can I be aligned with what you've got going on? You can show up uh, to a meeting with your accountant Yes. And maybe your accountant's saying, well, if you did this and that, and all you could, you know, fudge some things, maybe get away with this with the IRS. It's like, no, I'm a child of the king. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do the right thing with integrity. I'm going to be a person of integrity. Uh, every day we get choices to say, who is my God? Who is my king? And, and it's in those day to day choices that, that we show that we are followers of Jesus that were people of God's kingdom. All of life, everything that you and I do, and I mean everything, can be an act of worship to God. We're called to be living sacrifices. Paul designates that. Most of the, the, the ideas of sacrifice that we see in the Old Testament, of course, are with animals being killed and slaughtered. Uh, but then we're called to be living sacrifices. Why? Because the final and all-sufficient sacrifice for our whole lives was Jesus. He has already taken care of, of being that last and final deadly sacrifice for us. So our expressions of worship and sacrifice to God, they are, they are to be ultimately living lives of obedience, offering ourselves, our whole hearts, our whole lives every day. This is our proper worship. And when we accept God's gift of salvation made possible through Jesus' sacrifice on our cross, uh, we have, and we get to experience this relationship, an intimate relationship With God. And in the vineyard, we highly value intimate worship with God. And you'll notice that most of the songs that we sing are not just songs about God, they're songs that we sing to God. And there's a reason for that. It it is about expressing, God, I love you. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Rather than just singing about Jesus and about our love for Him, we're just telling Him, we love him and there is, there is power in that. I, I, I grew up in a wonderful church and a wonderful worship tradition, but a lot of the songs that we sang weren't those directional songs to God. And I remember coming into the vineyard and, and experiencing that and what a difference that was for me. Just to be able, to like, okay, God, I'm closing my eyes and I'm singing to you. This is this is my song of love to you. And 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 it's not that the 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 songs proclaiming who God is are not important. They're beautiful. They're powerful. But there is something incredibly uh, just impactful uh, and moving when we express our worship to God when we sing songs of love directly to Him. It's you know, and think about it in our own personal relationships. Uh, You know, I can go out, Mary Margaret and I can go out to dinner to one of our favorite romantic restaurants and we can sit, we can talk about the weather, we can talk about, you know, what kitchen remodeling project we're going to do next. We can talk about, uh, you know, do you think Georgia's going to pull it out tomorrow night? You know, we can talk about all those kind of things. And then the waiter could come up to take our order. And it's like, hey, I just want to say, that my wife is incredibly beautiful and wonderful and I love her so much. And he's like, all right, but what are you gonna have to eat tonight, you know? And then I can turn back to her and just start another banal conversation. Rather, the best thing, and husbands take note on this, all right? Look to your wife and say, I think you are incredible and you are amazing and I love you and face-to-face, directly. And, and that is the same kind of thing that we get to do with God. That's the intimacy that he's called us to as his children, as his sons, as his, as his daughters. And, and, and that's what I love. And I love the songs that we sing. And, and that's why Jesus said, Hey guys, the greatest commandment, if you're, if you're interested in keeping up with the law and there's nothing. I, I, I'm not coming to negate the law. I'm coming to fulfill it, but I want to bring it down and put some handles on it. And here's the greatest command to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything that we have. And so we prepare our hearts. We engage our minds uh, Vineyard Church of Augusta. I want to encourage you. I'm glad you're here. I hope that you are doing worship prep before you get here. I hope that you know that you're that you're taking time, whether it's Saturday night or Sunday morning, to, to prepare your hearts and to prepare your minds, uh, to prepare your bodies, to uh, to to come with expectation to come with expectation that we our worship welcomes the manifest presence of God that it's what God what are you going to do today I want to be open to you and to all that you want to do again we're called to worship him and that that is also a, an experience of worship we don't worship worship we don't seek an experience we worship and we seek God and in his love and in his kindness and in his relational uh, des- desire for us to experience him personally and relationally, we get to experience him. And that's, that's God's plan. So we, we come and we worship. We engage our whole beings, just like Jesus said to do, to love the Lord your God with everything that you have, including our bodies. And so, yeah, we, we raise our hands. We clap uh, there may be times that the Holy Spirit impresses you to dance, uh, that that maybe to 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 lay on the ground in reverence to God. These are things that are not just empty forms that we do for show. We do it for an audience of one. as our hearts are prompted, by the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I love the, the words of, a. Uh, uh, in fact, he said them from these very, this very stage many years ago when he came and did a wonderful worship conference for us. Don Williams, one of the, the, the theologians that helped to, to structure our statement of faith in the vineyard. He said this, if God has our bodies, he has us. And if he doesn't have our bodies, he doesn't have us. Uh, it, it's important. This lines up with what we see in the Psalms, all the expressions of worship that, that, our, that our hearts truly follow, uh, what, what our bodies do. Ultimately, worship as a lifestyle is best expressed through this thing called simple obedience. Every day, every day we get to show up and, and Holy Spirit, what's the right thing to do in this challenging situation? What's the right thing to do? What's the thing that will honor you? What is the thing that you are calling me to do in the way we do our jobs, the way we love our spouse, the way we raise our children, uh, the way we interact with neighbors or strangers, the way that we care for our bodies, the way that, and you say, well, don't have candy before 8 a.m., Reese. Uh, that's a good way. And in the way that we use resources that God has entrusted to us. You know, we, 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 we call our our. Uh, our Uh, Worship, when we used to pass the plate, we called it worship and giving, and it still is that. It's a a tangible way that we express our worship to God. At the very beginning of this message, I said that our worship welcomes God's active rule and reign, which results in his ongoing work of transformation in our lives. And we need to understand that because here is a, a spiritual law that I continually see being worked out in my own life and I see it in the world around me. It's this, that we become like what we worship. We become like what we worship. And, And throughout the Old Testament, God speaks to Israel's idolatry. When they choose other gods, and he has some, man, he has some very powerful things to say, and through the prophet Jeremiah, he says this, Israel followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They consecrated they being Israel. They consecrated themselves to that shameful baal uh, uh, shameful idol baal, and as, and became as vile as the thing they loved. He spoke that through Hosea. And then the psalmist. Uh, in, in Psalm 135, the idols of the nation are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths, but cannot speak eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear, nor is their breath in their mouths. Those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. We become like what we worship. And so the invitation on this is not to just shy away from not worshiping the things of this world, but it is to, to say yes with our whole hearts and our whole lives to the great and glorious God that we have been invited into relationship with. We should worship God to become more and more like Jesus. Romans twelve two: do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Holy Spirit's work of transformation in our lives empowers us to live counterculturally to the kingdom of darkness that is that is all around us every day. We get to make the choice will I live in conformity to the patterns of this world or will I choose to live in conformity to the kingdom of God which as you probably all know, is counter cultural to the world around us. And I gotta say this, our hopeless world is looking for a true alternative. They are looking, they they want it. Because they know the emptiness of following uh, the ways of this world and the kingdom of darkness. Remember Paul's words we started off with in Romans 14. The kingdom of God is not about the laws that you keep, the rituals that you keep. It is about an experience where God comes and sets things right, whether it's in our marriages or our finances, our physical health, our emotions, an experience of God's peace and joy, joy that that it doesn't matter the hell that's going on around you. You're able to have a real experience. God, you're with me, and why am I at peace when I should be going crazy with all the chaos around me? Because God's peace is real. You have welcomed, we welcome the kingdom of God, and and our world is looking for that alternative. So we, we get to choose. Will I conform to the pattern of the broken world, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of Satan, or will I be a worshiper, who is welcoming the transforming power of the Holy Spirit to show up and do his good work in my life that I so desperately need every single day of my life. We can never lose sight of what God's done for us. That that first phrase, in view of God's mercy, the first 11 chapters of Romans, and then we say, what will my response be? We respond by, by offering our whole selves living sacrifices, choosing not to conform. We say yes to being transformed, to to rejecting the patterns and the ways of this broken world. We we live as followers of Jesus. Uh, We live empowered by the same Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus when he was here on earth. The ultimate benefit, the ultimate benefit of being worshipers of God is living our lives in God's presence, experiencing not just at Christmas during Advent, but every day of our lives that God is Emmanuel, that he's with us. I I am so thankful for that. I've always been thankful for that. I've been a follower of Jesus since I was 11 years old, but but the reality of that has been so powerful and palpable and real, and at times overwhelming to me over the last two years, and I hope that you've been able to experience God's manifest presence in powerful ways in your own life. But I also, I love the fact that our ultimate benefit is God's presence, but there are also residual benefits that Paul speaks of in verse two as well. He says, when we choose not to conform, when we choose to be worshipers, wholehearted worshipers of God, Worship is a lifestyle. When we choose that, yes, we will be people who live in the presence of God, who get to experience the kingdom of God. It's joy, it's peace, the reality of him setting things right in our lives. But we'll also be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good will, his pleasing will, his perfect will. We can live with, with a, a sense of direction and purpose and determination. Uh, his will is good. It, it will be able to recognize God's goodwill. It's moral. It is the right thing to do. It's, it's the right thing not just for ourselves, but it's the right thing for the world around us. That's what Jesus says to be light in darkness, to be salt of the earth. This is that, that goodwill that he's calling us to. He says, it's gonna be pleasing. You'll like it. You'll like what it produces and it will be good for you, particularly the end result. Be patient. Trust in the work of the Holy Spirit. The slow, steady work of the Holy Spirit that he wants to do in all of our lives. As I said last week, you know, somebody asked me, what's God gonna do in 2022? He's gonna be faithful. He's gonna be faithful. I know that. I bet my life on that. He's gonna be faithful. Now, how he's gonna show forth his faithfulness, I don't get to dictate neither to you. God always blesses obedience. That's another spiritual truth. I don't get to dictate how he's gonna bless me or bless you or bless us. I don't get to dictate the timetable. That's where the church has gotten into trouble before, dictating the, the, the specifics when we try to put God in a box. And that doesn't work very well for anybody. It's about God. I I trust that you're going to, you're going to, I know you're going to do the right thing. And Paul also says his will is going to, it's going to be able for us to recognize the perfect will of God. Now, what does he mean that it's never ever, you know, that we'll never ever mess up? No. It's about God's perfect will is this it will grow us up, it will complete us. We won't be lacking. And there is a, there is a, A sense of determination. This is work that the Holy Spirit will do, but he will not do it if we don't show up and make ourselves open and and our lives open to what he wants to do. This is something, this is a partnership that we talked about last week, a partnership with the Holy Spirit. This is us saying, come Holy Spirit, come. Bring your kingdom, Lord. As we sang this morning, come Holy Spirit, come in your power Come and do your good work in my life. Come and lead me. Come and grow me up. Do we want to grow up? Or are we satisfied? Are we happy? Are we compliant with sort of where we are? It's like, well, God loves me there. Yes, he does. But he also loves you and he loves me that he doesn't want us to stay where we are. He's got so much more for us. It's about showing up and saying, God, I want to experience the more of you that you have for me. I don't want to be satisfied with with yesterday's manna. Notice a word that Paul does not use in this series. Good, pleasing, perfect. Easy's not there. (laughs) Shucks. But something that I also am very thankful for is the fact that this is not something that we are called to do on our own. This is a work the Holy Spirit will do. And so we invite the Holy Spirit to come and and do his good work in us. In our lives, we make our presentation with our worship, our wholehearted worship, 24-7, 365, worship as a lifestyle. We make the presentation showing up, uh, seeking to to follow God, to be obedient, to do the right thing, to, to honor him, to say that God, through my actions, my words, my thought, I wanna speak to the world that you are my king. We make the presentation, but God makes the transformation. The Holy Spirit does his good work of transformation. And as we experience God's presence in our worship, we become more fully human. We become better image bearers of God, which is who we were were created to be from the very beginning. We were made in the image of God. We were created to be his image bearers. And that is a work that he continues to want to do in us He comes, He changes us, He makes us more and more like Jesus. So that we can love Jesus and do His ministry everywhere, not in our own power, not in our own strength, not in our own good self help efforts, but the Holy Spirit comes and He does a work in us. We are a people of the kingdom of God who experience and worship God. Again, we don't seek uh, or worship experiences. We worship God, we seek God in, in his goodness, in his love, in his kindness, in his mercy, in his goodness, his grace, we get to experience him. Not just read about him, but we get to know him. We get to encounter him. And because worship is relationship, uh, it's really important for me to ask you today, where is your relationship with God? Where is it? Do you know God as Father? Do you know God as King? Have you accepted his gift of salvation that he makes available to each and every one of us no matter what we've done, no matter what we're doing, no matter what we're planning to do? Have we accepted his gift of salvation? Have we accepted his gift of love through Jesus Christ, through his life, his death, his resurrection? And this morning, if you haven't, God's word's really clear that he, he's here, he's here, he is inviting you. He is welcoming you to, to know him, to experience him this morning, to come into relationship that will change the trajectory of your life for all eternity. He's, he's welcoming you to experience him this morning, to say yes, to receive his love. Remember, that's the whole beginning of this worship relationship that we were created for to worship God, to to experience him, to enjoy him forever, to glorify him. And, And it begins with God extending his love to us. I encourage you, we invite you, we'd love to pray with you this morning to do that if that's what the Holy Spirit's leading. And I know that's the invitation that he's given to each and every one of us if we have not yet received him. Vineyard Church of Augusta is your pastor who loves you and considers it an incredible honor to pastor you and to lead you and to walk alongside you. I also want to say we are people that need to be reminded that we need to prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits for every worship encounter that we have and that we need to be people who are not just showing up faithfully, and I appreciate that and I love that, but that we're showing up faithfully with expectation. That we're showing up faithfully with hearts that are prepared, that are expecting, God, what are you going to do today in our midst? What, what are you going to do in terms of my own life? Or maybe what words of encouragement might you speak to me on, beh- for, on behalf of a, a brother or sister that I could bless? Or maybe someone who's not even here. But God, why in the middle of worship and I'm, I'm seeing great is your faithfulness, do you bring to mind this person that I'm having a problem with at work? Why would you do that? God, why would you interrupt my worship that way? Yeah, maybe make note of that. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? I want you to go and I want you to share just, my goodness, how you're showing up in tangible, real ways in, in your life. And, and they need to hear that right now, not as some sort of braggadocious thing, but that God is real, that he's alive, that he's at work. So I challenge you, come with expectation to encounter our God, our King, uh, and to be transformed I hope that I stand here next year and I'm not the same person I am today. If if, if that happens, then I got a problem and we've got a problem, right? Uh, it's about God. I want all that you have for me. I want to be continually transformed. I, I've seen it in my own life, guys. I've, I've seen it as God has dealt with anger, depression, Uh tremendous frustration and despair. I have seen how encountering his presence in worship has given me hope, has brought me through some very difficult times. And I've seen him do that same thing in you. And he's not done. There's not an expiration on that work of the Holy Spirit in his church in our lives. And so I want to invite you to stand this morning. And I want to-